Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. I got my good friend Steve Jarrett back with me today. Steve is the assistant director of the Union Gospel Mission. He is a man that has been at the mission for 33 years, has a beautiful family, and uh, has worked there all these years. He's seen the ups and the downs and the trials and the tribulations that come with working at the mission. And one of the motivating factors, I believe, for Steve when he's dealing with people is that he remembers that once upon a time he was on the street and drifting and doing things he ought not do, and Christ got a hold of him. And when he got a hold of him at the Union Gospel Mission, transformed his life, that he realized that it's possible for those that are out on the street that are uh, also drifting, it is possible for them to, to become family people, saved people, redeemed, having jobs, and having a future. Correct, Stephen? That's correct. That is a motivating factor for me. And uh, um, I don't recommend that you, because you go into ministry, that you go through all of that. (laughs) But um, God uses everything that a a person's uh, history and background, when they come to Christ, to use it for for his glory. And you know, I have some guys that, you know, sometimes think that you have to go through all of this to know what I'm going through. Okay, well, you know, I, I went through some, not everything you went through, but I went through some things. I know how it can be. And I really, really love those who didn't go through all the craziness and they knew how to avoid it because they knew God. Amen. So that's, you know, that's always the other side of that. And I had a guy that told me about that the other day when, he was trying to come on the program and, you know, how he wanted people to identify. I said, well, you know, it's the people who don't go through those things, you know, they can tell you how not to go through those things by knowing Christ and doing his will. But he uses, like I said, he uses everything that we, we, we have in, in our, um, our life and, and turns it around for good. And we can use that to motivate others, to, to uh, plead with others because of what has happened to us and hopefully that, they listen through God, to God through us because it's not our words. It's, it's what God did, did for us. Yeah, and it's a matter of degree anyway. Yes. Because we've all sinned. Yes. We've all fallen short. Fall short we have all done what we ought not do. Yep. Uh, we've all Be broken. Be stealing a penny or stealing a million dollars. You have you know, stolen. <laughs> that's right. Not all of us have gone to prison, but we can still identify because yeah. we have still sinned. Yeah, and... Uh, and yes, Stephen was out on the street. He did a lot of things uh, between the time that he was out of the Navy and working for a, a couple of big companies, and he got into drugs or got into alcohol, well, alcohol drugs, and, and all kinds of dumb and stuff. all the other things that all go along with stuff, that. Yeah. But let me give you an analogy that a, a, a pastor that used to come to the church uh, to the mission gave me, and I really liked it. He said, you know, he said that he had read somewhere, I don't think he made it up, but he said, you know, it's like you're on a ski slope somewhere. You're, you're a skier and guys will say, 
yeah, well, I need somebody to identify with me, somebody who's been in prison, somebody who's done the things I've done, da-da-da-da-da, because they really know how to minister to me. And he said, okay. He said, I get it. So you're on a ski slope somewhere, and you're going down the ski slope, and, and you break a leg. And they take you down to the, the you know, shack down below, and they rush you to a hospital. And in the hospital, there are two surgeons. There's one who is the most renowned orthopedic surgeon in the world, but he's never broken anything. On the other hand, there's a doctor that's, oh, he's just kind of so-so, but he can identify with you because he once broke his leg. <laughs> who do you want fixing you want? your leg? We've been working on you. <laughs> yeah. The so-so yeah. guy? And no. to your point, Stephen, uh, there are a lot of people that are at the mission. We have uh, counselors that have uh, not necessarily been in prison or any of that kind of stuff, but it doesn't mean that they didn't sin, didn't walk in a path they right. should not. Uh-huh. And that is not the part that we need to try to identify no. with. The part we want to identify with is knowing Christ and following his lead. And knowing that he lives. can deliver us right. from he our, our own it. selves. Right. Who, by the way, we do a lot of talking. Uh, Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Well, the devil tries to make us do a lot of things, but if you're in Christ, the devil can't make you do anything. Nope. But he can certainly tempt you. He yeah. can certainly be there whispering. Uh, one of the bigger problems in our lives doesn't come so much from those things outside as it does those things inside, right, Steve? Yes, I believe that. I think sometimes I think the biggest enemy of ourselves is ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And it comes in all kinds of forms, right? We think of temptations and things as being tempted to do something horribly wrong. To go back to drinking, to drugging, to whatever the case is. But we fail to understand some of the more subtle temptations Mm -hmm. of being self-righteous, of thinking we're all that in a bag of chips, as they used to say. Condemning (laughs) others, judging them. I mean, that is already sentencing them, you know, not not discerning what they're doing, but sentencing them because of what they do. Sure. And then looking at our own lives and thinking, just as that little devotional says, thinking we're much more righteous than we really are. Yeah. <laughs> so. And so, uh, so when the guys come in, yes, there are certain guys that would like to identify with this group or that group. And yeah, I know this pastor knows what he's talking about because, you know, he was a gang member or whatever. But you know what? There's something to be said for those people that realize their sin early, mm-hmm. followed Christ, and who are mature in the faith, and they have a lot to offer, even if they've never been to prison. That's right? right. Oh yeah, I I like I like the um, people who give their testimony, and that's what happened to them at an early age. They realized their need for Christ. Yeah. And followed that to the, you know to course. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I've seen some of the people at, at the mission whose children became believers early on and have gone through and, and are continuing that walk of faith. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Eileen's two daughters uh, are at uh, CBU. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a missionary. And so they got it. They, they were never out on the streets running, gunning, doing drugs, yeah. drinking, and, and carousing. 
But does that mean that they don't have wisdom? Well, listen, I read some of their blogs sometimes, and they've got some maturity at times. They're still kids, well, young adults. Young adults. But they're they're still there. Right, and they have flaws and, and things that they, you know, that God needs to work on their lives, but it's, you don't have to go to the extreme, you know. And I, like I said, I thank God for those who don't go to the extreme before they realize their need for Christ. Yeah, you know, I Steve and I were talking about uh, with with Steve Gasser and Ann here at the station, we were talking a little bit about um, that some of the guys will give a testimony, and and three quarters of it is all about how bad they how were. Bad they were, and twenty five percent or less is is uh, okay. I came to Christ and He saved me, and I thank Him for that. And I'm not trying to be curt or mean to those people, but some of the really impressive ones were the ones that said, "Yeah, I was a bad guy. I did this. I did that. I was sinful." Uh, I knew I was on my way to hell, and God rescued me. And now they've given mm-hmm. a two-minute testimony how bad they were, and the next 18 minutes is how great God is. Yes. And the ability of God to deliver us from ourselves, right? Yes. And so those mm-hmm. testimonies mean a lot more to me than the other ones. How about you? Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and that just shows you know, how much they really love what the Lord did for them, that they want to talk about what he did more than about what I didn't, you know, the things I did beforehand. So, yeah, those those are always good testimonies. Yeah, and even to the point that sometimes people will uh, have their testimony, came to Christ, and, you know, God has been good, and he has. Uh, he, I have a good job. I have a good house. I have a good family. I have, I have a, a car to drive. I have food to eat. I have all those things. And certainly God needs to be praised for mm-hmm. all those physical things that uh, has that he's given you. You know, all good things come from God, right? That's right. But the more important thing is what did he save you from and to? Mm-hmm. What does he do for you now? Not necessarily as far as financially, but spiritually, yeah. right? And what is the transformation even in your heart, Stephen, from the time that you first walked into that mission door? I mean... What does it mean to feel joy? Uh, that I am no longer serving myself. That I'm serving Him, and and I and and that I have a family that that I can be uh, an example to, and mm-hmm. them to me. A matter of fact, also yes, absolutely. But, <laughs> and that um, I I have a purpose in life that is far beyond you know. Uh, a material purpose, and um, and I'm like I said before, I'm, I'm content in whatever state I'm in, and that's one of those things that is hard to to be at when you're when you're not when you're not thinking um, in the mind of Christ. You know, yep. you always want more of this, more of that, and sure, everybody wants you know to be comfortable, whatever their mind is comfortable at. You know, what they think is comfortable, but um, I I'm I'm very comfortable where God has me. And uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I just had lunch with Larry from the mission, who's a retired bank manager, uh, investment guy. He was, uh, he's smart. He was married for 62 years. Yeah. And his wife, Lois, went home to be with the Lord. And I did the service. And I may have told you guys this before, but I read her journal. And this was a woman sold out to Mm. Christ. And yes, they have money and those type of things. But, you know, Larry, 
uh, was talking to me today, and he said, you know what, I'd give up every dollar I have for five more minutes with Lois. And that's because sometimes we we forget the more important things of our lives. And, you know, I, I was talking to him, and he said he was talking about you know, different amounts of money. And I told him some of the people that we knew have a great deal of money. And I said, but for me, and he attested this too, that if he got millions and millions of dollars, he's, he, he, there's nothing he particularly wants. He doesn't want big cars and jet planes and all that kind of stuff. That's not who he is. And that's not what he wants. Maybe once upon a time. Well, you know, you take for instance, that as Steve's uh, wife has some disabilities and my wife Olga has MS and it becomes increasingly hard. Yeah. If I had an abundance of money, would it mean yachts? And no, all it mean is that I could have another bathroom put on with a shower that's <laughs> yes. easier accessible yes. than the one we have. Right. I look at the things I have uh, and, and there's nothing really... I, you know, if you if you came and said, "Well, I'll give you anything you want," the bathroom would be fine. I would I would go for that. But I mean, to jet to Barbados and to have big things, you know, once upon a time that meant a lot. Doesn't mean anything anymore. And if I could have Olga's health, that, that would, be, would be a thrill. Amen. And that would be grudge anybody who has money. No, if they're, if they're serving not at the all. Lord. Then you know the Lord blessed them and and they're. I'm hoping and thinking and praying that they're doing the right things, but they're helping others yeah. with that. I mean, there's a lot of Christian um, millionaires and billionaires that are uh, that own companies that give people jobs and yeah. and you know and, and yeah. food on the table for their families. And exactly, they make that available. So it's you know it's it's not like you to be poor is to be closer to God, but it's like Jesus said, it's harder for an, a rich man to come to the kingdom, but they that doesn't mean he can't, and they no. do. And and the we, reason we for names. that is because yeah. sometimes they be they feel self sufficient. Yeah. They have food, they have money, they have clothing. But to your point, there's a lot of uh, Christian people whose hearts are wonderful, and they have a lot of money. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he owned a big tractor company. They yeah. made tractors and stuff, and caterpillar like things. It mm -hmm. wasn't caterpillar. No, but and it was I, like, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just, of, uh, I can't vehicles. believe I can't remember his name right now. I know. I've seen his book too. I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I have it in Heroes of the Faith, you know, and he got to a point, he had lots of money and everything, and he his tithing went up right. and up and up until he was tithing 90% of yep. his money, keeping, keeping 10%, 10%. Then he gave that up altogether and started evangelizing. <laughs> okay, well, was he rich? Oh, he was very rich. But his heart was right. Yeah, it wasn't was the rich. money. Yeah, and and the it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yep. You don't even have to have money to love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You beat somebody up are, over the head in the street for yep. ten bucks. A lot of people are scheming to get the money that they don't have. Sure. To do what you know they think they want to do. Sure. So, people kill people for money. Unfortunately, they rob. They steal. They they do all kinds of things for yeah. the love of money. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's not that we, we don't want to have food on the table and houses and nice things. It's not that. No. But 
it never should be our priority that that's all we care about. You know, if you're out there and you're working 12 and 14 hours a day and you're leaving your wife at home or and your children or your husband, uh, if you're a woman, leaving your, your, your spouse at home while you're gone 14 hours a day, you need to rethink that. You need to, unless there's an absolute necessity of starvation, don't, you don't need to have all the extra toys to be satisfied and happy. You need to have Christ. And listen, I think so many times uh, my wife was so fit, so healthy. She was an aerobics instructor and just always in motion. And now the MS has slowed her to a point where she often, and most of the time, is in a little chair that is powered. And I think, how much would I give for her to be healthy, to go do stuff with me again, you know, because we used to do everything together. And, and did I appreciate it when she was like that? And the chances are probably no. I probably did I think things like that for granted sometimes. That's how I was always going to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, before salvation, before this walk, I mean, how many times when I could have come home and been with her there, did I stop and have some drinks with the guys? I don't drink anymore, but... Uh, or it doesn't even have to be that. I mean, it, you could be every day, every Saturday, you could be out on the golf course without your wife, without your kids. And if that's what you're doing, you're just not doing it right. Uh, because that time will pass and you'll be sorry that you didn't spend it with your wife, with your children. Uh, what is what, is, what are those things? Unless you're a professional golfer, what are they? It's not just golf. I golf. It's it's all kinds of other things that we do, other things we invest in our lives. Yeah, it's where you put your priorities. And exactly. And that, that can't be one of those. The, the fringe things cannot be the priority. It doesn't, yep. doesn't make sense. And then you step up the game a little bit to God. You Did you have time to go to church? No, I didn't have time to go to church because I need to go uh, skiing. Uh, did you go to church? No, I, I didn't go to church because I had a picnic to go to. And excuse after excuse why you're unable to serve the Lord. And so you have put your priorities how, Stephen? Yeah, in the wrong direction. They're upside down. <laughs> upside down. <clears throat> you know, I I don't remember the whole way it went, but I like the analogy. Some professor was was teaching a class and he took a big glass urn and so he took the big glass urn and he filled it up with marbles you know big boulder marbles and he said tell me when it's full well it got to the top of the neck of the glass and and the student said well it's full now he said really huh well he took bb's and he threw the bb's in there and he shook it around and they went in all the cracks and crevices and Right up to the top. How about now? Yeah, now it's full. Oh, he said, okay. So he took sand and he put sand in there. And he filled it up with sand. And he said, is it, is it full now? Yes, it's absolutely full now. And then he cut, took water and he put water in there till it was at the top. And he said, is it filled now? And they said, yeah. And then he took a cup of coffee and he poured the cup of coffee in there. And they asked him, Oh, what does all this mean? He said, well, he said, the boulders 
are the things that you put first in there that are the priority things that you have to do. And then if there's space left over and there will be, you put the things you want to do in there, you know, and then the things that are of less important, you put in less and the water represents those final things that you could or couldn't live without. And he said, that's how life is. Don't fill up life with the unnecessary things mm-hmm. and have no room for the necessary things. And of course they said, but what's the coffee for? He said, hey, there's always room for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that's good. But, I didn't. <laughs> but, but the wasn't, truth wasn't is, thinking that. There you go. But that's, that's what the whole point was. Don't fill your lives up with the unnecessary, leaving no room for the necessary things. Get those priorities taken care of first, and the rest of those things will fall into place. Mm. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that God knows what you need. Yeah. You know, pursue the things that are yeah. of God, the righteousness of family, of the people that need to know about Jesus, and there'll still be enough room for the things that you don't need necessarily in your life. There'll still be time for golf or riding your bicycle or playing pool. I don't know what you do. <laughs> But there's always That's room like, for those things, but get the necessities first. Seek the kingdom of God. Yep. And everything else will be added, but seek him first. Right, And that's exactly. the necessary thing. So how does that play out? You are eternally lost on your way to hell. The very first thing you need to take care of is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. So now that you've got that fixed, you've sinned against a holy God, that holy God demands, you know, that there be payment. payment. Made. You have no way of paying that, but Jesus does. And so that's how you become included in all that. So there's your priority. Now, what is your priority? Doing the will of God, what he has for you. And you know what? It, what's amazing is that you're going to find out too that when you're doing the will of God, there's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of things in our lives that we can go, that yeah. we can laugh about. It's, it's not a judgery, right? It's not, a, well, I got to do this for God. No. God. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's just joyful outlook because you get to do those things. Yeah. You know, you and I have laughed a lot of times about stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. joy. You and, and I have taken our wives out to dinner, and they both struggle with mobility, yeah. right? But we had joy with them, and we had a good time together, and we laughed, right? And yet, your wife and my wife, uh, they do put their priorities correct. They study the Word of God. They love Jesus. They trust, even though they know things are, 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 are harder for them and probably yeah. going to get harder. Yeah. And for but, you and I, too. But you know, you know what? God is sufficient. I just told Larry today, and we're almost out of time, but I just told Larry today, you know, he said, I know your life can be hard at times with everything. I said, you know what? I have a job that I love, a ministry that I'm involved with, people that I care about surrounding me, a wife who loves me and is, is not cheating on me. She's not... Uh, you know, mean or any of those things. And I said, so I'm, I'm a fortunate person. Even with her disability, we'll get through this whole thing together to the other side. 
We're out of time. Steve and I both thank you. And, and until we meet again, my friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.